Well, hey, Brookside, it is a joy to be gathering uh, with you. Thank you for inviting us into your place today. My name is Jeff, one of the pastors here at Brookside, and uh, we are so excited to be with you today. You know, we know that many of you are new watching online today, and I just want to celebrate this with you. Anybody up for some good news? I know I sure am. This was really fun to see this week. Last weekend, we saw so many people tuning in online, over 5,000 devices actually, and we know that those were being watched in many times by multiple people, and so we're just super thankful um, for the reach that we've been able to have online. And so again, welcome to you, particularly if you're a visitor here uh, with us today. We also can celebrate this. We've got people watching. We know obviously in the Omaha metro area and then the Elkhorn area, but we know well beyond that, all across the country, we've been hearing from people from Iowa, from Georgia, Massachusetts, Washington, Arizona, welcome Colorado, Chicago, Florida. We heard there's people watching this morning in Japan and all the way to Zambia as well. We are super glad that you are here. And you know what? We're praying for you. And we're praying that this morning, today, that you would have a touch from God. That's our goal. You know, a lot of you this last week, maybe you kind of did what I felt like I experienced a couple times. You kind of hit the wall. Maybe you had that moment when you just felt like, whoa, where is all of this going? And you began to ask some very hard questions. Maybe you even had a few difficult moments. And, and I just want to encourage you today and help you just think about the fact that this morning, for you, and I'm going to take a time out right now and grab this mic. There we go. Is that better online? Morning. Here we go. There we go. All right. Here we go. Hey, um, I wanted to say this to you. Our whole desire in us being able to be online is every single week, because we know the weeks ahead might be bringing us even more challenges, we want to be the kind of church that when you tune in online, we give you words of encouragement, we give you truth straight from God's word so that you can walk away. And you can be refreshed. And you can be the kind of person that you can lead, whether that's in your home or in our community or in your neighborhood. We want you to be recharged and refreshed and really able to launch into the week ahead. And so thank you for joining us today. You know, I want to celebrate this with you. Many of you know this. Others of you who are just uh, tuning in and being exposed to Brookside Church maybe for the first time. You might not know this about us, but we have a campus at the Douglas County Correctional Center. We call it our Correctional Center Campus. And what that does is it allows us to be able to do ministry to men who are behind bars. And this was so fun to hear because while that place as well is quarantined and shut off from visitors, um, this week we were able to, because of the way that we broadcast the service in there, those guys in Mod 7 were be able to have church just like normal. And we are super thankful for that. Guys, we're thinking about you. We haven't forgotten about you. And, uh, and we continue to be pulling for you. You know, I also want to mention this to you because there's going to be a lot of things happening this week. And uh, one of those is this, we want to be able to communicate to you on both Tuesday and Thursday of this coming week with a short word of encouragement, worship, and prayer. And so that's going to be ready for you by the end of the morning. You can just tune in over lunch. Maybe you download it and you just you, um, share it with your family or with a roommate, maybe in the evening. But again, we just want to offer you hope and encouragement and truth during this time. Also, if you're a high schooler or a middle schooler, we love the next generation around this church. And so we're offering something to you, a live stream service on Wednesday night. We're calling it Wednesday Night Live. It's going to be at 630. And you're also going to be able to connect virtually with your small group leaders. Your small group leaders would love to be able to see your face and interact with you. And so that is going to be a special night. Lastly. 
If you have kids that are in pre-K all the way through fifth grade, I want you to know that if you go to our website, we've got content for you. We've got discussion questions and videos, all the things that you need so that you can have church at home. So be sure to check those out. Well, hey, um, I was thinking this week about how in uncertain times, there are certain passages that I know come to life for me. You know, there are times when you just need a truth from God's word that gets you through a time. It reminds you of something that's very important. And I wanted to share a couple of these with you. The first one is from the book of James in chapter 4. It says this, chapter 4, verse 8, it says, draw near to God and what will he do? He will draw near to you. I love that promise because what it's saying is this, that you, when you and I, when we choose to draw near to God, God will respond. God does draw near to us. And then the other passage is this, Matthew chapter 11. I love this verse. It says, Jesus is talking and he says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me all you who have burdens. And then he says, and I will give you rest. And I love that about our God. And, and, and so I just want that to even frame how we think about and how we approach our God this morning. That he's the kind of God, that, and maybe this is you for the very first time even, that when you draw near to God, no matter where you are, in a living room, in a bedroom, in a kitchen, when you draw near to God, God, he draws near to you. And when you come to God, maybe you're anxious this morning, maybe you've had a hard week, when you come to God and you say, Lord, I am weary, I am heavy burdened, God says this, Jesus says, come to me, because I want to give you rest. And so I just want that to set the tone for the God that we get to really worship and hear from this morning. And I want to invite you now, we're going to pray together, and we're going to pray about our world first. We're going to pray about our government officials and leaders. We're going to pray for our doctors and our scientists. We're going to pray for our first responders. And we're going to ask God together, church, we're going to say, God, would you do a miracle? God, we need a miracle. God, we want you to show up in such a big way that all the graphs that we've seen, we pray that there'd be a God factor that we would look back in months and we would be able to say, wow, we saw a turn and we saw that only because of the hand of God. So we're going to pray to that end. And then I want us to pray for ourselves. I want us to pray, God, would you speak to us this morning? God, would you speak into our lives today? And so right now, wherever you are, would you bow with me and let's go to the Lord together. Father in heaven, first of all, we just want to say thank you. Lord, thank you that you are almighty. God, thank you that you are above all. God, thank you that you are good. And today, Lord, what we want to do is we want to bring before you our world, and we want to ask you, God, we want to plead with you. God, we want to ask for a miracle. God, we pray for our scientists, we pray for our doctors, for our first responders. God, we pray for our leaders that you would give them courage and strength and perseverance. God, we pray that you would give them wisdom and insight. And then, God, we wait on you and we say together, we trust in you. And Lord, now as we think about the moments ahead, God, we simply want to ask this, that you would speak to us. But we're so thankful today that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. God, that you're not the kind that you force yourself in on us, but yet when we open the door, God, you willingly come in. That, Lord, when we bring to you maybe anxiety or fear or, or whatever it is, God, you say to us in those moments, I'm here to give you rest. I'm here for you to experience peace. 
And so, Lord, right now we just say, and I would invite you wherever you are this morning, would you just simply say, Lord, would you speak to me? Maybe if you're leading your family, you just say together, Lord, would you speak to us today, God? Lord, we love you, and we pray all these things confidently in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, if there's one word that defines the, the days that we're living in right now, I've heard this word over and over. It's the word chaos. You know what chaos is defined as this? Chaos is defined of a time, as a time of, of disorder or utter confusion or uncertainty. Chaos is defined as a time when you don't really know what's next. You know you're going to hear what's next, but you're not sure where things are going. You're not sure where things are going to be in a couple of months from now. It's just very uncertain. That feels very, very chaotic. You know, we're in a series, and I love this series because it couldn't have come at a better time. We're in a series called Greater Than. And in this series, what we're realizing is that as we go through the scriptures, and we see this over and over again, not just in the scriptures, but we also see this in our own lives, that God is greater than our circumstances. We see that God is greater than chaos. Yet as we look around, we see how applicable this series is to what we're experiencing. You know, just this past week, I heard people say and experience things like this, and this just affirmed the fact that we're living in some pretty chaotic times. One mom, on a lighter note, who was trying to homeschool her children for the very first time, she, like so many other others, said this. She said, as she's managing the chaos, she said, this morning we had a special segment on conflict resolution. Another dad who was trying to help with the homeschooling of his three children, he said, in my class of three, I've suspended two and I've permanently expelled one from school altogether. I thought that was pretty good. Another husband said this, my first day working at home and my wife, she threatened to file a complaint with HR of the company that I work for. You start to feel chaos on a more serious note when you're a student. And you heard originally that school was going to be canceled for two weeks, and that was really good news, let's be honest. But then you heard it was going to be canceled for four weeks, and that felt a little odd. And now that's been bumped to six weeks, and just one state away, they canceled school for the entire year. In the mind of a student, that begins to feel like chaos. It feels like chaos in the heart of a business leader, and a darn good one at that, who this week had to put on furlough 92% of his employees. And his goal right now, every day when he shows up to the office, is just to keep the doors open. That's chaos. It's chaos in the heart right now of a bride who's trying to plan a wedding in any of the months to come. And she's trying to figure out how is this going to be a meaningful experience. It's chaos in the heart of a person who is at home and they're lonely oftentimes when things are very busy and there's lots of activities, but now that's even more heightened and it feels like chaos. It's chaos in the heart of a graduating senior who's wondering, who's thinking about all the things that they had heard would happen around graduation, all the celebratory things, and now they're wondering actually if any of those will happen. I heard chaos in the mouth from the, the mouth of a mom this week as she talked about how she was glad that she still has her job because not only her husband, but her two children, her two boys have lost theirs. It's chaos. And nobody likes to live in chaos. But yet we're asking this question and we're finding actually hope, a lot of hope and joy even in the answer to this question. 
how can you thrive in chaos? How can you come to the place in your life and in my life where even though we are planted in this, how do we bloom where we're planted? How do we be the kind of people that even in the midst of what is very challenging and very trying times, how can we walk through this and one day look back months from now and be able to say, you know what, I actually grew during that time. I heard it said this week that in a valley, sometimes you can grow more in two weeks in a valley than you can two years on a mountaintop. Everybody, we're in a valley, but how do we flourish? How do you and I, in the midst of chaos, how do we actually experience peace? You know, there's so many external things going on, but maybe more than anything, you feel chaos in your mind. And maybe you've had those moments, and maybe you've shed some tears even this past week, because you've had a hard time controlling and keeping your mind and calm and your, just your posture in a good place. It's felt chaotic to you internally. How do we flourish in the midst of that? You know, I'm really excited for this morning because today what we're going to do is we're going to look to the scriptures and we're actually going to go to a story in the Old Testament book of Exodus. We've been in this series that's taking us through the book of Exodus. Next week, we're actually going to kind of rewind and go back to where we left off several weeks ago. But this morning, I want to fast forward a little bit because in the book of Exodus, there was a group of people that were experiencing some very, very, very chaotic times. There's a group of people in the book of Exodus that their backs were really up against the wall. They were having a very hard time. They were beginning to panic, and they were wondering things like this, God, where are you? Lord, will we make it? Very extreme things because the times were so chaotic. God had delivered his people from slavery in Egypt, and so there they are. They're out of slavery. That's a good thing. They were in slavery for some 400, imagine that, 400 years But they've been rescued from that. They've been taken out of that. Yet, Pharaoh wants them back. Pharaoh let them go, but now he's changed his mind. And so he's now this very unruly leader that he's always been. He's rethinking his decision. And so he says, hey, bring the people back. And so he sends out all of his military, and they go out in military strength to try and get them back. But I want you to imagine the scene. Imagine the Israelites all gathered there in one place, and right behind them is the Red Sea. So the vast sea, as far as they can see, is water. But then as they look ahead, all that they can see is a military army that's actually quickly approaching towards them. Have you ever heard just one single horse trotting around you? Just the thud of that. It's a very powerful sound. Imagine, though, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Imagine an entire army coming right at you. You, it was utter despair. It was absolute chaos, nothing but panic. And they wondered if they would live. They wondered if they would survive. And in the midst of it all, this man named Moses has a courageous moment where he takes them and he takes their attention off of the army and the pain and everything that they're about to experience. And he says, I want to redirect your focus. And so he says this to them. It says in Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse 12, the Israelites, actually, they go go first in despair. They say, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. It would have been better for us, they're saying, to live back in slavery than for us to die here in the desert. In other words, Moses, why did you bring us out? 
Moses, why would we want to come to this place where now we can drown if we go into the sea or we can be killed by the Egyptians, the the army that's coming toward us? It would be better off if we had now been enslaved to them. Verse 13, Moses answered the people, and he does it with courage. And I just want to say to you, because some of you, many of you actually, you are leading in this time period with great courage. And you are leading and you are pointing people to a God who knows them and loves them. Look at what Moses does. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. Let me ask you, have you ever needed someone to fight for you? I remember one day I was coming home from middle school. I was walking home, and, and I don't know what I did to upset this high school student, but he was not happy with me, and I was about to meet his fist. And, and so I, as he's approaching, I noticed that my brother was actually approaching as well. And what my brother did then was my brother got between me and this high school student. You know what my brother was going to do? He was going to fight for me. Jason, if you're watching online, I just want to say thank you, man. I've never thanked you for that. I just want to thank you right now in this moment. You know what the Lord says here? It says that the Lord fights for you, everybody. This isn't a battle that you have to wage. This isn't a battle that you have to go into. No, no, no. This is a battle that the Lord will fight for you. Moses says to the Israelites, you just need, in the midst of chaos, you need to trust God. Faith is greater than fear. God's going to fight for you. You just need to be still. You know, my prayer for many of us is that during these times, we can just have soundness of mind, stillness of spirit. And so this all happens. Moses says this. And then after that, the the Red Sea parts, and it's this miraculous deal that happens, and it's all about God. And, and what happens is Moses, again, where does he direct them? He says, hey, I don't want you thinking about the army. I want you to think about our God. And it's the greatest place that we can direct our attention to. We see this same theme again and again in the scriptures when circumstances seem overwhelming. There are times when we're instructed to. There are times when people choose to. And it's the wisest thing that we could choose. That in the midst of the crazy, in the midst of the chaos, we choose to set our focus on our God. You know, I love Psalm 77 because it's written in so many ways because it's reflecting heavily on this Red Sea experience. The first half of the psalm, in many ways, it's asking a lot of hard questions. Maybe you've had a few this week of God. It's asking hard questions, questions that, you know, you just kind of get off of your chests in some ways. In the midst of chaos, verse 1 in Psalm 77, it says, I cried out to the Lord, my God, for help. I cried out to God to hear me. Verse 4, I was too troubled to even speak. Verse 9, has God forgotten to be merciful Let me ask you, have you ever asked this question recently? Where are you, God? God, are you absent? God, where are you? But Then I want you to look at this. Because when we get to verse 10, this psalm shifts. Look at verse 10. It says, then I thought. So I, I chose this. Then I thought. To this I will appeal. 
The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. Oh, and I love this part. Verse 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. In other words, I'm reminding myself who you are. In the midst of the chaos, it's a reflection about what's happening in this experience for them. But in the midst of that, the psalmist is saying, I will remember, I will recount, I will not forget the faithfulness of God. You know, some of you who are watching today, you have walked with God for a long time, 10, 20, 30 years, and you've seen the faithfulness of God through a storm or two in your life. And I've heard your stories, and many of you have said this, that as you've gone through different trials and different storms in your life, your faith has actually grown And while you don't choose the trial, you actually look back on the trial and you thank God for it because God used it in your life. I love Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says this, that God will never leave you. No matter how chaotic things might be, it says that our God will never forsake us. Everyone think about that. That's a promise from God. You And I are not alone. Exodus chapter 14, another promise. God is fighting for you. You keep going in this psalm. Psalmist begins to recount God's faithfulness. And I love verse 19, 20. It says this, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, uh, through your, though your footsteps were not seen. Verse 20 You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. I love that language there. You led your people like a flock. In other words, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd leads a flock. A shepherd gets between a flock and a predator. And so the language here is this. God, you led us, and God, you cared for us, and God, you delivered us, and God, you protected us. God, you didn't forget about us. God, you were always there, actually, even when we didn't think you were. God, you showed up. God, you fought for us. You led us well, actually. Peace in the midst of chaos. Moses is reminding these people, God is fighting for you. And when you realize that, and when I realize that, we can have peace in the midst of chaos. You know, I spent a lot of time growing up on the water at this lake in eastern Iowa, and I, I love this lake and those, those friends, and, and we spent a lot of time water skiing, I mean, hours and hours and hours on the weekends and weeks. And, and I remember this, though, if you wanted to ski and you chose to ski on, on the weekend, particularly on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon, It was so choppy out in the water. It was chaos. I mean, boats everywhere going this way and that way, and some knowing what they were doing and others just not, and and it's just not not good. And you could choose to ski on in the middle of the afternoon on a weekend, but it's absolutely chaotic. Or your other option was this. You could get up very early in the morning. And I love doing this because there's nothing like walking down onto a dock early in the morning when the water is like a sheet of glass. It's absolutely calm. You can hear something as quiet as a drop of water hit the the lake. That calm. Church, I want you to find great hope in this this morning. You and I can have that kind of peace, that kind of calm, 
The reminder from God's word today is this. God is fighting for you. And so you and I, we need only to be still. You know, I want to close this way. I want to give you three practical ways that as you now launch into another week, I want to give you three things that maybe you can keep in your mind so that you can practically, very practically, find peace this week. The first one is this. I want to encourage you in this way. Fight for peace in your heart and in your mind. And I would encourage you to do this. Do this day by day by day, one day at a time. I want you to think every morning when you get up this next week, I'm going to fight for peace in my heart and in my mind. You know, I woke up on Wednesday morning. I don't know if you ever have this happen to you. But right when I woke up, still laying there in bed, I began to worry about all sorts of things. And I began to play out different scenarios. And I was just flooded by all of these thoughts. And though I had just woken up, my mind was racing. You know the drill. And it was such a gift from God. I was as though the Lord just whispered this verse into my mind, and I want to share it with you. It's Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And the part that grabbed me the most as I was laying there was that word let. That it's a choice for me. And I was reminded, okay, I'm about to go into another day, and I've got a choice to make. I can either let the worries of this world, I can either let the media or the news or the fears of the people around me, I can let those dominate and rule my mind, or I can let the peace of my God rule my heart and my mind. It was such a gift to me. You know, in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, God's people were going through a very hard time as well. They were experiencing all sorts of things. They were experiencing uncertain times. They didn't know about the future. There was all sorts of anxiety all around them. And I love it because Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace. So God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. In other words, those who are saying, I will let, I will choose to let the peace of Christ rule in my mind. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Everyone, chaos can cripple your spirit, but the peace of God can enable you to lead on. The peace of God can get you out of bed tomorrow morning and it can allow you to attack another day and for you not to be an agent of despair, but for you to be an agent of peace and grace and optimism and trusting God and an example to all of those around you. I want to encourage you. Would you fight for your mind and your heart to experience the peace of God? The next thing I want to share with you is this. Maybe this one is for you. You can practically find peace this week by doing this, by bringing peace to others. You know, one of the greatest things about going through uh, what we're going through and the fact that everyone's going through it is that we have these incredible opportunities before us. You and I, one of the greatest ways that we can experience peace is for us to actually be people that bring peace to others. You have no idea how much it will mean if you pick up the phone and call the elderly neighbor or down the street and just say, how are you doing? 
You have no idea how much it will mean for you to be able to show care to those around you. It will mean everything to them, but in the process of you serving and loving other people, as you bring peace to others, what you're going to find is that God brings peace right back to you in the midst of that. That's God's design. When we give peace, we experience the peace of God. And I just want to mention this to you. I felt a nudge to say this, and so if this is for you, great. You know, some of you, you have brokenness in some of the relationships in your lives. You maybe have, maybe it's a son or daughter, maybe it's a distant relative, maybe it's a friend or a neighbor, but you have brokenness in that relationship. And as we think about how we can bring peace to other people, I want you to, just to maybe hear this morning, and again, if God nudges you on this, great. But God could actually use this, the fact that we're all going through, our entire world is going through a trial right now. Oftentimes when something like this happens, it offers us an opportunity to be able to step in. And when we offer peace to someone else, it allows us to step into sometimes something that's been broken for a long, long time. It gives us an opportunity to take a step towards that relationship. And maybe just simply to be able to reach out and just to say, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while and I, I just wanted to see how you guys are doing. I wanted to see how you are. And who knows what God might use that to lead to for you. But would you do that? Would you seek peace with others if you have brokenness in any of the relationships in your life? Would you take that to heart? And then lastly, you and I, we can find peace this week and I think this one is most important if you don't have this one nailed down. You and I can practically find peace this week if we receive the peace of God. You know, in, a, in the midst of a society that's filled with all sorts of, of angst and, and all sorts of fears, there is nothing greater that you and I could grab a hold to right now than the peace of God. The Apostle Paul said this in the book of Romans chapter 5. He says, therefore, since we have been justified, or in other words, he's saying, therefore, since we have been made right with God through faith, we have, here it is, we have peace with God. Think about that. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So what the Apostle Paul is saying is this. If you're living without peace in your relationship with God, the Apostle Paul is saying that every single person, it doesn't matter about your past. You and I can actually, and this is why we call this the gospel, this is called the good news of Jesus Christ, because no matter who you are, no matter how far you feel like you've strayed from God, you and I can stand in perfect peace before our God who we will give an account to with, for our one and only lives. And we can do that through faith in Jesus Christ. And so get this, I can live forgiven. I can live in grace. I can live experiencing a God who knows me and who loves me. And I can do that, the scripture says, through faith in Jesus Christ. And when it says faith, it's simply meaning this. It's saying, when I trust Jesus, I then step into that realm of, I'm standing in grace, in the grace in which I stand, through faith in Jesus Christ. And so I just want to encourage you today. If you have never declared 
Jesus Christ as the leader of your life and you wonder, do I have peace with God? You don't need to wonder. You might be brand new to hearing this and I would encourage you today, would you put your faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you so that you can experience his absolute peace? And so I wanna close this way. I really wanna give you two opportunities today. The first one is this. I know for many of us, we just simply need to go to God before we enter into another week. And we need to declare it to be true. We need to just declare it. We need to say, Lord, I am going to choose in the midst of chaos to let the peace of Christ rule my heart. And so I wanna give you an opportunity to do that as I pray. But then for the other group of you, Maybe you've never understood that before, that you can actually stand in a right standing before a holy God through faith in Jesus Christ. And I wanna give you an opportunity. The Bible says that you can't do anything to earn that, but you and I can simply receive that. It's a free gift from God. And so I wanna give you an opportunity to respond. So right now, with everybody, wherever you are, in the living room, kitchen, bedroom, car, wherever you are, would you just bow your head for a moment and let's pray together. So Lord, right now in this moment, for many of us, this is the opportunity we need to take today on the front end of a new week. Lord, we simply want to say to you, Lord, we declare, I choose peace. In the midst of chaos and the news of new reports that will come out in the midst of the ups and the downs that we will face this coming week, Lord, we want to declare it to be true. God, we will choose peace peace. And then maybe for you this morning, you would say that you're not living in peace with God. And I just want to encourage you, would you receive that free gift from God? This morning, would you receive the grace of God? And maybe even you turn your palms up right where you're sitting there and you just declare this to be true. And you could just say something as simple as this, Jesus, today I receive you. Jesus, today I receive you. Jesus, today I realize that I'm forgiven. Jesus, today I realize that my past can be behind me and I can actually have a future in you. So today I receive you. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you meet us. God, we are excited actually to walk into this next week with you. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.